Hello everyone, today I'm here with Saffron Olive. Is that how I pronounce your name? <laughs> that uh, that was perfect, yeah. Okay. Probably better known as Saffron Olive, but <laughs> that works. Okay, okay. Uh, so for people who don't know, you're a content manager for MTG Goldfish, one of the most famous MTG sites with like decklist and a lot of, you know, interesting stuff. Um, you're also known as a content producer for like YouTube, Twitch and stuff like that. It's actually how I... Uh, first found you I, I just like saw like one of your YouTube videos and I thought this guy is awesome so I just went on Twitter typed your name in and I found that you have like actually a lot of followers and because I'm like interviewing you know known magic personalities I just like reached out to you and you said yes so here we are I guess yeah no I uh, I don't get a chance to do that many interviews so I'm happy to do it uh, definitely excited yeah I do a little bit of little bit of everything uh, do the content stuff on goldfish do twitch do youtube so but I, i'm all over the place with magic stuff i guess mm -hmm. we're gonna get to magic in a in a second but i always ask about other stuff in the in the beginning when i ask you on twitter uh you said that you used to play in a in a, in a band um was it like a like a rock band or like what, what, what was going on <laughs> yeah like a like a rock band yeah that was kind of uh, before i started doing magic stuff uh music was kind of my thing so i played in a few different I was not like a rock star playing in stadiums <laughs> or anything like that. But yeah, I, uh, I started playing music when I was young uh, with piano, actually. And then I taught myself guitar. So I uh, used to have a lot of fun uh, doing that. You can still find some uh, some random old YouTube videos if you dig around of uh, of some of the bands that I was in, which is kind of funny. So but oh, you, have, still, you, have, you have YouTube videos as well. Stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, there. Yeah, just some random like shows that we played a while ago. So it's it's kind of funny that you can find them. But yeah, mm -hmm. so music was kind of my thing before Magic for sure. Did you did you have like concerts as well, where just like people went to to listen, or was it more like just for fun with your friends? Uh, yeah, we had concerts. We would play mostly like uh, I'm from from upstate New York, so we would play all around like upstate New York at different concert venues, and people would come. So we were never like a national band or anything, but uh, but for the area, we had people show up. And it's actually like funny story the the Saffron Olive name that actually goes back to one of the bands I was in. It oh. was like this, uh, yeah, this <laughs> this '60s like revival rock and roll band, and one of the like gimmicks was. Uh, the band was called Olive Drab and the Etcetras, and the gimmick was all of our last names were Olive. Uh, so that's that's where the Olive part of Saffron Olive came from. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, another thing that you mentioned is that you have eight siblings. That's crazy. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone with so many siblings. That's just like, was it hard growing up or was it more like fun because it was just like always in a rush and stuff like that? Uh, so it was definitely <laughs> unique. Uh, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it was definitely a big rush. I'm, I'm the oldest of all of them oh. as well. So lots of like little, uh, little brothers and sisters in a lot of ways, actually. I think that uh, being the oldest of a lot of brothers and sisters, which uh, I don't know if you have any siblings, but they I love free. trying to. Okay, they love trying to drive you crazy. Like if you got little brothers or little sisters, I think it like prepared me to like do Twitch streaming and stuff. Like oh. I can handle the chat. You get you get a patience, I think, from dealing with like little brothers and sisters all the time. So uh, I think it worked out in the end, but definitely a unique upbringing, I would say. Were you maybe like more inclined to like not have as many friends because I assume that when it's like all in a rush all the time home Then you know when you go outside you maybe want to be in a, like a quiet place or something was that the case for you or? 
it definitely it definitely was like sometimes sometimes you just got to get away i definitely had like uh growing up like a small group of close friends that i would hang out with but uh definitely would appreciate the time alone because you just always would have people around when you were at home so mm -hmm. okay uh let's go let's go into into magic so you told me that you started with old ravnica which is the same set that i started with actually i also i actually think that a lot of people started with that set i don't know why maybe it's just because it's awesome like was there anything particular about ravnica why you started there or was it just like kind of random it, it was pretty random. Um, I learned from my roommate at the time uh, that played Magic, and I had never really played Magic, and uh, he got a big box of cards from like his mom's house. This was when we were in college, and uh, it just happened to be around the, the time that Ravnica was, uh, was coming out, so more of a fluke than anything, but... Ravnica is a great set, like one of the, one of the best sets, so I think I did start at a, a really good time, even if it was by accident. Mm -hmm. Since the beginning, were you, were you maybe competitive or were you just like, you know, kind of learning the game and eventually you got to a point where you like maybe started playing Magic Online or something like that? Uh, what was going on with that? Yeah, so when I started off, it was definitely pretty casual, just like playing with friends, uh, kind of like learning the game. And it was really Magic Online that I started, oh, geez, a few years after Ravnica. I want to say maybe like shards of alara era i started playing like magic online and that's when uh i got a lot more serious about it and uh, actually started like uh, i've never been a huge tournament player but i started playing like magic online leagues and learning more of like the metagame aspect of magic instead of just playing like random casual decks mm -hmm. so you were never trying to like maybe qualify for approach or anything like that or i've i've never really i've never really tried to qualify for a pro tour uh it's kind of funny like i I kind of stumbled into magic content creation and it just happened that some of the stuff I'm known for is kind of like against the odds and uh, kind of like semi-competitive decks, I guess. Decks that are like trying to win, but also trying to like do it in a unique way or with cards that other people aren't playing. So I kind of like stumbled into that pretty early in my magic career. So I've just always kind of focused on that and never really, never really did the grind to try to like qualify for a pro tour or anything like that. Mm, was that maybe oh, sorry go ahead. now i don't even know now i don't even know uh know how to try to qualify for a pro tour so yeah no one no one knows no one knows you're not the only one like no one literally no one knows basically right now like the the corona thing just kind of changed everything and you know it's just like very dizzy no one really knows what's going to happen it's pretty bad i think but yeah we we had a uh, andrew cuneo on our podcast a couple of weeks ago to talk about organized play and uh, even from that perspective, I think everyone's just like really confused about <laughs> what's mm -hmm. going on with Pro Magic at the moment. Um, you mentioned the fact that you you maybe try to play decks that are like competitive, but maybe not not the best. Do you think that gives you the advantage in a content creation because people just want to see like you know kind of weird decks or like something that's unusual? I think for content creation, it is it is really helpful. Yeah, like uh, the way I thought about it, especially when I was first starting is there's a ton of content from like really good players showing you how to play the best decks really well. Like if you go to like, especially a few years ago, like Star City Games or Channel Fireball, you have like Hall of Fame pros playing the best decks. And I kind of figured like, what's the point in competing with that? Why, why would someone want to watch me play the best deck when you could watch Reduke or LSV or Nasif or whoever like playing the best deck? So I kind of, I think found my niche a little bit with the, with the fun decks and I think it's, definitely worked out with magic arena and all the new players coming into the game i think there's a 
there's a pretty big demand or like market for people that want to see decks that can win on occasion, but also are not just like rogues for the millionth time or Embercleave for the millionth time or whatever, like top tier deck you've already, you've already seen and lost to, or, uh, you know, played against a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that you're doing the content production for like pretty long time. What time are we actually talking about? Because you said that you started playing Magic Online like Shards of Alara, but that's like maybe 15 years ago or 14. Uh, when did you start with the actual content production? So actual content production, I believe, was the end of 2014. So not a super long, like maybe maybe six or seven mm -hmm. years now. So uh, yeah, that was that was also kind of a random thing where uh, Richard, who owns MTG Goldfish, uh, I was writing just some random like MTG finance style Reddit posts about like how much value to expect to get out of a booster box and stuff and he at the same time was starting goldfish and wanted content on the site and we kind of connected on there and it, it went from there so i see i see um so so you weren't doing content before mtg goldfish right because you told me that uh, like before you joined mtg goldfish you were like a buyer and seller so that was like what, we, what you were doing before right yeah i that's uh, that's kind of where i i got my start i I kind of started in that randomly too, where I had a friend who I played with when I was learning uh, when I was learning Magic in the early years. Who kind of got out of the game and wanted to sell his collection, and I was like, "Oh, I'll, you know, I'll take a crack at it for you." And I suddenly realized that Magic cards uh, can have a lot of value, so I spent a uh, spent a few years like buying collections from like Craigslist and just other random places where people were selling their collections and uh, and reselling them. So yeah, that was that was pre Goldfish, and then. Once I uh, met Richard and started doing goldfish, that's when I kind of shifted from doing that more towards content stuff. How do you how do you actually like when you buy the collection? How do you actually sell it? Because I, for for example, I'm from Europe, so you can like maybe sell it on card market. I don't actually know where you're from, but I'm just curious to know how, how you actually get rid of the cards. Do you maybe like have to go to a GP or like how did it work out? Yeah, so I I'm from uh, the U.S. So unfortunately, we don't have card market. Yeah, uh, I wish we did. <laughs> every time I I end up talking about card prices on my Twitter, I'll always have some like European followers. It's like, wow, the cards are like so much cheaper for us over here because we have Magic Card Market. Uh, but we have like TCG Player is sort of similar where you can sell cards or like eBay or buy list. So I, I did do it online. I, I didn't actually like vend any events uh, uh, in person, like go to a GP and get a booth or anything. But uh, but yeah, it was all online, uh, either through like eBay or TCG player or uh, or buy list for some stuff. Mm -hmm. You're working for MTG Goldfish. Did, did you maybe ever talk to talk to the owner that you may might create something similar to Car Market? Because as you said, like it's way cheaper than you know for people in USA. Maybe that would be useful to have something similar there. Um, did you ever consider that? That that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I, I've never I've never talked to uh, to Richard about it, but uh, but I probably should because I would love to have something like Card Market over here in the US. It's just so strange that it doesn't exist, right? Because like America is the place where, you know, magic started. It's the biggest there. I would just assume that some site like that exists, but apparently it doesn't. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah, I'm always surprised by that too. Like, uh, I, I really don't understand why, because card market's been around for a while, I think, like several years. And I'm really surprised that no one has found a way to do something similar over here yet. But someday, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So 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 you started with uh, buying and selling, and then you went to Goldfish. Are you st are you still doing that? Like at the same time, or w once you joined MTG Goldfish, you kind of stopped with that. 
Yeah, I, I don't really do that too much anymore. Part of it was because once I started making content, I was really busy with that. And then uh, part of it is it's gotten a lot harder. Like uh, 10 years ago, it was a lot easier to find collections that people were just selling. But now Magic's gotten so big that you just, there's a lot more competition. Like I think when I started doing it, I was maybe like the only person in my area that was like buying your collection if you wanted to get rid of it. But now there's many people who are kind of doing the same thing. So it's kind of gotten a lot more competitive and harder to find collections like that. I see. I see. So you started with the content production, but at the, at the beginning, you were only doing it like maybe for MTG Goldfish. And eventually you got to like YouTube and Twitch. Was that how it, how it was? or? Yeah. So it started uh, as just written articles uh, on MTG Goldfish. I see. So I, I was just doing like written articles and then YouTube came next. Uh, we decided to start a YouTube channel, which is also connected to MTG Goldfish. And then Twitch came kind of after that. So, so yeah, that was the progression, I guess. I see. I see. You're very popular. Like the YouTube videos are very popular. Twitch videos are very popular. Why do you think that is? Do you just think that it's because you're like you look awesome, or like your content is like special, as you said, like you're 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 using like the maybe slightly like weird kind of decks and stuff like that? Do, do you think it's because of that, or like I don't know? That's that's a good question. Uh, I I guess I think that is a big part of it. Is um, it, like I said before, especially when I started, there was a lot of spike content of the best decks and not so much of the more like casual or semi-competitive content. It's definitely changed a lot. There's way more way more content that is not playing the best decks now than there was a few years ago. But I think that that was a big part of it. Uh, and the beard probably doesn't hurt. I assume so. I, I, I assume so. Was it was it popular since the beginning, or like eventually you're doing it, doing it for seven years now? Like maybe like over the time you kind of found found what like f what people want to want to see, and now like it's obviously popular. Was it like that since the beginning, or did you eventually kind of have to get there? Uh, yeah, sort of like oddly, it really kind of became popular right away. I, mean, I think actually like the maybe the most popular as far as just like the number of youtube views or whatever uh was actually like more towards the early years and i think it's kind of it's kind of what we were talking about before where uh back then there just wasn't really many people making that kind of content and now there's a lot of different options where people are doing similar content but yeah it, it took off surprisingly quickly i would say mm -hmm. i actually didn't see like all the videos that you did are you always doing like a video just from like maybe playing magic arena or do you sometimes do like videos that has, have like nothing to do with like any of the computer programs but you just like maybe play with someone on the table or like any other kind of videos are you like doing anything like that so it's it's like 95 percent either arena or magic online i play i play a lot of both because i also really like modern and legacy and older formats that are on arena so uh, mostly uh mostly digital but there is on occasion uh like special stuff that is in person uh especially like commander games sometimes there's like paper commander games is kind of a relatively new thing but most of it's either on arena or magic online why that is? Do you just think that it would be less popular or it's just maybe like too much work compared compared to just like streaming from computer or, uh, you know, what's the reason? It's it's definitely the, the too much work. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, way, it's way more effort to do it in paper. Like the nice thing about Arena and Magic Online is you always have an opponent. Like you can just build a deck and click a button and you're playing against someone. If you're gonna do it in paper, you have to like find an opponent and they have to have a deck or maybe even multiple decks and you gotta get to the same place. And I think that's also partly 
because of how Goldfish is set up, I do a lot of content with uh, with Krim and Tomer, who also work for MTG Goldfish, and Richard. And we're all spread out uh, through like Canada and the West Coast of the United States, and I'm on the East Coast. So the people that I play with a lot are uh, are very far away from me, which mm. makes it a lot harder to do paper content as well. And I also like live in a pretty rural area of upstate new york so there's also not a ton of magic players or even like good magic shops around here so uh so digital has always been a kind of the main thing i've done yeah i was just curious about that because most of the content producers for magic are similar to you they just do like you know arena draft or something um but i saw like some of the japanese content producers and they do like a lot of like live content and before i saw that i would never actually think of that but those videos are like more popular than the than the computer ones they maybe go like to like a place hunting for like a black lotus or something and it has a lot of views so i'm just like curious to to ask another content producer about that but uh, i guess it makes sense I think there's more potential there too. I think that more stuff that you can do in real life and outside of arena and uh, and magic online is actually something that we could see more of in the future in content. So I, I think that's kind of like an untapped area of content that there's just not as much as there should be at this point. Yeah, I think so as well. Maybe you can go to like a street and like ask random people if they know Magic the Gathering or something like I don't know. <laughs> That would actually be kind of funny, like a, like a, a late night talk show. Some of the segments they do on that that would be that would be pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you do you do you think that ma Magic is striving right now? Like, do you think there are, are, are more players because of all the content producers? Or I don't actually know how it is. Like, Wizards say that like there are more and more Magic players, but I'm actually not sure if it's true. Like, like do you have an insight about that? That is that is a really hard question. <laughs> so for every, everything we hear from Wizards is more players than ever they're making more money than ever but then there's this weird disconnect where on the other side like organized plays kind of been a mess lately uh there's always complaints about things like arena whether it's bugs or how hard it is to get cards or charging double wild cards for historic so there's like this weird disconnect i think that magic is doing pretty well overall and i think part of it is like I think Wizards is really focused on casual players. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that there's, uh, like, Magic is shifting away. My opinion is that Magic is kind of shifting away from focusing on the pros and the content producers and, like, that aspect, the celebrity aspect of the community. And instead, they're really happy to sell secret layer drops to people who maybe never have posted on Magic Twitter or go to a local game store or commander decks to those type of people. So I do think they're making more money than ever and there are more players mm -hmm. than ever. But I also feel like they're kind of moving away from the pro scene and the content creator scene and stuff that has made magic sus uh, successful over the past years i think they're going in a different direction now well i understand the argument with pros but like can can the content producers like also work for the casual players as well like you don't uh, uh, you, you don't have to make a content about like you know making the right play but you can just like play like a commander game and something awesome happens um i don't know it just doesn't seem to add up but i don't know yeah I think Wizards I think Wizards has focused a lot on people who make content for other games recently. I think that's the direction they're heading. Because I think they figure oh. like people who watch me, they already play magic. So they're not really reaching that. Ah, I see. 
but if you can get a Hearthstone player or a whatever chess player, someone someone from outside the community, theoretically, most of the people that are watching them, they might have not ever having uh, even heard of Magic. So I think that's that's Wizards' focus uh, at this point. That that's what it looks like to me, at least. Are they any, like, are they actually doing that? Like I, I never heard of that. Like are they actually like maybe have, having advertisements in like a chess stream or something? Like do you, do you know anything uh, about yeah. that? Yeah, so there's actually a uh, a tournament, a tournament coming up next week, which is uh, a, a very well known chess player, and then three other players who are famous for other games that have like four hundred thousand Twitter followers, like very famous for what they do. I think it's called the world's most okayest Magic player, but mm -hmm. they're they're getting these people who have never played Magic before to do this small Magic tournament. They also had like the the Mr. Beast uh, tournament on Magic Arena recently, who's a huge YouTuber that has nothing to do with Magic at all. So there are some signs that's kind of where they're where Wizards is trying to head with content creation. I think is that the thing where LSV is in the video, or is that something different? Do I think that's something different. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all together there's there's so many things going on it's hard to keep track of all of them yeah wow like i if you, if you haven't told me i would have like no idea that things like that are happening it's just like so out of my like zone that i don't know i, I it's interesting like I, i'm i'm glad you gave me the insight i had no idea yeah and i i mean i don't think it's necessarily a bad plan like uh, i don't know there are a lot of potential customers or players who maybe have never heard of magic that follow these people so it's a little bit i feel bad for the people who've been doing this for a long time especially the pros like who've been doing this for a long time uh but uh, i don't know maybe it'll work and we'll bring new people in and it'll make things better for everyone overall like mm -hmm. i think bringing more new players into the game regardless of how it happens is probably a positive for everyone so mm -hmm. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you think that Magic can strive even if the pro scene doesn't exist? Like, do you think it's important? It might actually, like, not be, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> I want to say yes, because I love watching competitive Magic. Like, uh, having, like, GP coverage get cancelled a couple years ago, and uh, all the stuff that's changed, like, for me, I really love that stuff, and for me it's a big deal at the same time. I actually don't know how important it is compared to all the other stuff wizards can do. So it matters to me, but I'm not sure it actually has that big of an impact on the bottom line. And I think, I think it's kind of the same with me personally, like my content, like it's easy to think that big content producers are really important to keeping the game going. But when you consider that, like even the most popular magic content producers are getting a hundred thousand views on their videos or something. And there's theoretically 20 million or 40 million magic players out there. Like that's really not that big of a number. So I, I think we, we all tend to overvalue ourselves to some extent a little bit and think we're more important to the game than, uh, than we actually are. At least that, that's how I view it. So. Well, the argument was always that, you know, even if the people don't really become pros or ever qualify, just because the pro tour exists, it might, you know, it's like something to aspire for. And that's the reason why maybe they are playing, but maybe that's actually not the case. Like, I'm not actually sure whether that's the case. So you might be right. Yeah. I do think that the, the current system is, <laughs> is not good for anyone because it, it doesn't feel attainable. Like that's, that's the biggest problem. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, re I really miss that aspect of it. And I feel like even if you are probably never going to be a pro magic player, like that's a reason to tune in and stay engaged and watch the tournament. So I do think that it, that it does matter to some extent, but I guess we'll find out because 
things are have definitely changed a lot in the arena era of magic and and we'll see like i i have no idea what pro play is going to look like a year from now or two years from now so okay well that will be all for today thanks for your time it was awesome talking with you yeah thanks for having me uh it was a blast <laughs> um uh, before before i end the video maybe you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet if you want Ah, well, you can find me on Twitter at Saffron Olive and otherwise uh, MTG Goldfish on Twitch, on YouTube, or uh, just mtggoldfish.com, the website. So uh, if you go to an MTG Goldfish place, you will uh, likely find me there. All right. Thank you. Uh, if you guys like the video, please click on the like and subscribe button. Uh, don't forget to follow, you know, Mr. Olive. <laughs> and uh, see you next time. Bye bye.